How are you guys doing today? So uh, I learned something uh, this morning. You know, when you're late for church, there's a professional Christian way to enter the church. And I saw it from Sam. When you're late for church, the moment you get in, just go, blessed assurance. <laughs> People will not judge you. People will not judge you. <laughs> Don't come in and look lost to them like a late comer. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. I'm going to start by asking you guys a question. How many of you in here have received an email over the years that said, Dear Matthew, we are pleased to let you know that you are the beneficiary of an estate in the United Kingdom and that we are contacting to give you all this money. How many people have received that email? So you and I know that we all don't have some long distant relative overseas who has died and left us millions, right? And we all know that there's no one who's so good that they've devoted their whole lives to search and look for you to give you that money, right? But we get these emails and all these emails have the semblance of wanting to give and yet we know that they're scams and they're actually trying to take. More recently, the fraudsters have uh, they've evolved. For those of you who are on uh, Facebook and Instagram, you almost every day get a DM that says, Hi, I am feeling like giving you 3,000. You are so lucky. Or someone goes onto your post and says, Oh, I'd like to thank PLFX for taking 3,000 Rand from me. And two days later, it was 85,000 Rand. You and I know that there is no one who is making so much money online trading that they have time to message you directly to give you money, right? You and I know that there's no one who is so, so good in their heart that they, they're just on Instagram looking for people, feeling like they want to bless people with money. All of this seems like someone wants to give you something, but they actually want to take. I'm uh, now involved in uh, what is called fraud and risk mitigation in, at work. And you'd be surprised at the number of people globally who are losing money day by day to scams, to people who are creating fake apps, fake websites, fake promotions to try and take. Christians, anything that seems really quick, really easy, high rewards, think about it. What we see from the Bible, hard work, diligence, praying, trusting God, and believing in him, that is what gives us profit. Now, my wife and I, uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was about 2014 or 15, we went to Durban for the first time. It was our fifth anniversary, I think. And uh, just after you get into uh, Ushaka Marine, just after the gate, we were walking, just, just the two of us, we didn't go with the kids. As we were walking, a group of like, promoters came through and they said, hey guys, welcome to Shaka Marine. Hey, do you know what? We're running a promotion. If you scratch this little card and you get three stars, you might win a cruise. What did we know? We're like, okay, give us the card, right? 
<laughs> Dom. <laughs> so we, we, we took the card, we scratched the little things, and lo and behold, we had the three stars. We couldn't believe it. Like, wow. You know, so like, this is the anniversary of a lifetime. So the guy says, you guys are so amazing. You're so lucky. All you need to do is just go into that office over there. Go so that we can take your details down. So we were enjoying ourselves. We go in there. I'm sorry, I didn't tell I was going to share this. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so we go into this little office. We get into the office and there are people waiting. And we're so excited. Nothing in us says, why are there so many people who've won this cruise? Because there were lots of people in that room, right? But we're excited and we, we sit there. And um, a guy comes with a pack. There are like 20, 30 pages in there. He says, okay, you need to put your initials here, 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 and sign at the back. Now, if you're on holiday, who's got time to be reading a 20-page contract if you're on holiday, right? So I initial, I initial, I initial, I initial, I initial. At the back, I go ahead and I put my signature. The guy gets the, the pack, then he says, all right, um, now that you're done, just go to the cashier over there to pay. But like, what are we paying for now? And without knowing it, in a few minutes, we had signed up for a holiday package membership. Even though it looked like they wanted to give us something, they were actually looking to take. Now, whenever we talk about money and giving and generosity, because of all these experiences that we've all had, where people are actually trying to take from us and not to give, we get a bit uncomfortable, right? When PS says, I'm about to send a survey out, something you goes, right? Something gets a bit uncomfortable because we've been in so many environments and had so many experiences where things look like they want to give to you, but they actually want to take. Let me bring it a little bit closer to home. How many of us have been in churches or been in business dealings with other Christians or been involved in some sort of organizations that had the front that they looked like they wanted to give, that they were generous, and yet the experience at the end of the day, you realize there was someone who wanted to actually take. You realize that it could have been a scam, it could have been manipulation, it could have been a whole bunch of things that actually eventually ended up being an intention to take. And so whenever we hear about money, and fortune and generosity in the Bible, something within us is not quite comfortable. Something feels like, ah, I've had that bad experience. There must be something here. There are certain people who actually say, the moment they start talking about money in that church, I'm leaving. The moment they want to send me a survey, I'm out of here. But I want us to pray this morning as we get into the word that God would release our hearts because the Bible is so full of verses and scriptures and stories just about how we handle our money, how we are generous, and how God is uses, uses whatever we have to bless others. So can we pray together? Father, I want to thank you, Lord, because you are a generous God. Because, Lord, you, you tell us that out of the fullness of your generosity and love, you, you gave the best. You gave your son, Jesus Christ, who came onto the earth and he died on the cross that we might have life and life in abundance. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Lord, just for healing in our hearts and in our minds from the experiences that we've had over the years where the enemy has tried to steal, uh, to, to take the things that we have worked hard for, uh, to scam, 
and to 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 fool us and manipulate us into into losing our wealth and Father, I want to pray for the defense mechanisms that we have in our hearts that come up whenever we hear about money in the house of God. Father, the, the, the hesitancy that we have to, to give, the hesitancy that we have to, to share even with our families, with our neighbors, with people who may be lacking, who have less than us, because, Father, of the manipulation that we've seen in our lives. Father, I want to, to pray even for the attitude that we have, that we've developed from the things we've seen in our country, where we, we have entrusted resources, we've entrusted taxes, we've entrusted uh, our fortunes in, into pensions and all these things, and we've seen people take and take and take and take. And therefore, Lord, that, that has affected the way we look at, at money, that has affected the way that we think about generosity, and it's affected the way that we, we think about sowing into your kingdom. And so, Father, I'm praying for a release this morning. I'm praying, Almighty Father, for a redemption of our hearts. I'm praying, Almighty Father, for a redemption of our attitudes in your name that is above all names. And God's people said, Amen. This morning, I want to spend a few minutes with you speaking about the heart of giving or the heart of generosity. It is not my intention to go into the theology of generosity to try and tell you where to give, who to give, how much to give, whether you give first or last, 10% or 12%, whether you should give your first fruits, whether when you get promoted. I'm not trying to do that. What I'd like to do is just spend a few minutes probing some thoughts about God's heart when it comes to generosity. As I read my Bible, one of the things that I see is the transition from rules and regulations and statutes to actual relationship. In the Old Testament, they were told, you take this animal and you kill it on this day and you put it on this altar. You take this dove and you cut it this way and you put it over there. When you take your grains, you put so much of grain and you give it to this person and it's put over there. But as you read the Bible, you see this transition away from the rules and the regulations to relationship with Jesus. You go away from trying to remember all these things to actually hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying. And so I'm trusting this morning that I will just speak for a few minutes about a few scriptures that I see that pertain to, to generosity and that as families, we will go back and say, Holy Spirit, where are we when it comes to generosity? How are we good stewards of the resources that you've given us how are we playing a part in our families? How many of you know that you actually have families that are in need? You've got that cousin and that auntie that you know is actually in need. Some of you have got friends and neighbors that you know are actually in need. And you have to be searching God's heart and saying, Lord, what part should we play? First scripture that I wanted to, to read um, and it's not going to come up, unfortunately, because of the media. So I'm going to ask you to go to Matthew chapter 6. Oh, we've got it? Okay, perfect. Matthew chapter 5, we'll start with this one that's been put up from verse 23 and 24. And Jesus here is, is speaking to his disciples and he's giving them a whole bunch of teachings. And in the middle of that teaching, he starts to talk about offerings. And he says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, 
leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. And then offer your gift. Interesting principle here. Basically, Jesus is saying, as much as you've been faithful to leave your home with your offering, with your tithe, with your money, with your gift of generosity, whatever it is, if you come with that gift to the house of the Lord, to whatever organization you're supporting, to whatever neighbor you want to help, and whilst you're there, you remember that there is something that is not right in your heart. What God is saying, I'm actually more interested in the condition of your heart than whatever you're holding. So he says, leave whatever gift that is, whatever offering it is, whatever tithe it is. He says, go back to the person where there is an offense and go and get reconciled. In Isaiah chapter 1, Isaiah is speaking to the nation of Israel on behalf of God. And God actually says to them, your new moon festivals, your incense, your gifts, they actually offend me. God actually says to them, stop those festivals, stop your gatherings, stop bringing these tithes and offerings because the way that you're living as a nation is actually offensive to me. And the first thing I wanted to point to was that we need to give from a heart of purity. God is more interested in our hearts than in our gifts. And so if we are not living right, but we're tithing every single month, do you think God is happy? I think God would actually be happy with you if you first got your heart right, you got your relationships right, and then you start asking God about tithing. Because God is actually ultimately more intense and more involved with the conditions of our hearts. And so this morning, search your hearts. Don't think about the rules and the regulations and the time. Uh, my wife was telling me about um, certain ministry in Johannesburg where the pastor wanted money and people were not tithing. And one day, he actually stood up in church with a list. And he was like, okay, I'd like to recognize all the tithers. Uh, Sam, thank you, we got your tithe on the 23rd. Eugene, thank you, we got yours on the 14th. And then Pete is like, oh, oh. <laughs> and though it, has, it, it looked like he's trying to recognize people, but what he was actually doing was embarrassing the others. Because his heart, when it comes to money, was wrong. Where is your heart this morning? If you have an issue in your heart, some unforgiveness, some sin, something that you're working on, God is saying, I'm not here to bend you and force you to give and to be generous. I actually want your heart. Once your heart is actually right, then you can go and take that gift and go and put it back on the altar. Someone said amen. Another interesting one, also from Jesus, is in Matthew chapter 6, from verse 1 to 4. He says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your hand know what your, your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who knows what is done in secret will reward you. We need to give with a humble heart. 
Have you ever met people who cannot stop talking about their gifts? Just around the bride, the person's like, yeah, you know, his son was really struggling, you know, so I had to talk to my wife and, you know, we, we just thought we, we'll pay the university fees because, you know, that family is really going through a tough time. You know? Or people who, like, they will help you, but in a way that people must see that they have helped you, you know? They will not come and give you something in private. They'll be like, can you see me going to give this gift away? Everything is, the intention, everything about the way they give is not really about glorifying God. It's more about bringing attention to themselves. But here the Bible is telling us, when you go and give, don't be like the hypocrites. They will make an announcement of it. They will blow trumpets. They will bring attention to themselves so that people recognize that they've given. We need to give from a humble heart. The Bible actually says, look, your left hand gives, your right hand mustn't even know. Don't misinterpret this scripture to mean you must give and your wife mustn't know. It just means don't overthink about it and over-explain and want to let everyone know what you've done. Give in humility. There's an amen over there. By the way, that is Sergio, if you don't recognize him with a new hairstyle. <laughs> Another interesting scripture, and you'll see we're, we're spending a lot of time reading the scriptures that Jesus actually said or spoke about. Right? In Mark chapter 12, we're talking about giving from a sacrificial point was giving with a sacrificial heart. It says, Jesus, on this day, he sat down in the place where the offerings were put. This is in the temple, Mark chapter 12 from verse 41 to 44. And they watched the crowd putting their money in the temple treasury. Right? So when the temple, people are coming in, there's a big box or a big basket, and everyone comes to, to give, right? Many rich people threw in large amounts, right? Someone came and gave 10,000. Someone came and gave 50,000. Someone came and gave 100,000. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins with only a few cents. So in this crowd of very wealthy people who had so much to give, there was a poor widow somewhere at the back who probably, and this is me just imagining, could see people giving 100,000 and 50,000, but only had 10 rand. And I can imagine her walking through this crowd and feeling so insignificant and feeling like this gift that I have, it's in the bigger scheme of things, it, it doesn't make a difference. You know, I wish I had 10,000 like everyone else, but all I have is 10 rand. And so she might have just been been hiding through the crowd and might have just dropped it really quickly so no one notices that she gave so little. And you can imagine the disciples are sitting there with Jesus and Jesus calls them. So in verse 43, it says, calling his disciples to him, Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you this, this poor widow has put in more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth but out of her poverty, she put in everything she had to live on. This lady is saying, this is the very last bit that I have. But God, I love you so much. And I trust you so much that you are my provider. I'm willing to let go of this very last bit that I have. A sacrificial heart. We need to give out of sacrifice. We need to give from that point where we feel like, God, I am actually sacrificing 
something. We, we have this conversation quite a bit at home with my wife when we are giving uh, clothes away and things like that. Ordinarily, what we do as good people is we find all the torn, all the small, all the dirty things that we can't fit anymore. All the stuff that we really have no space for in our homes. All the stuff that we feel like we'd rather actually burn or throw this stuff in the bin, right? All the stuff we don't want. And then because we don't have any way to throw it away, we say, oh, let's go and give this to Zola. Let's go and give this to Kailicha. We're actually using these places as dumping places. We're not giving away the things that we love, the things that we cherish, the things that we hold of value. We're giving away the things that we hate. And so you might have three baskets loads full of very dirty rags, but your wardrobe is full of Gucci's and Louis Vuitton's. Young people, help me out. What else? What should I say? <laughs> Those are the only two I know. <laughs> yeah, Kingsley. Uh-oh. Clint, repent. You're like Kingsley Heath, right? So are we willing to give the things that we place value on? This widow, this is the last 10 rand I have. I am going to give that away. That is what I'm going to sacrifice. That is what I'm going to be generous with. Are you willing to be generous with the things that you value? I really value my Saturday. Okay. I really value my Saturday. And then there's experiencing victory on a Saturday. And the Springboks are playing Ireland on a Saturday. But I really, really value that day. I'm not going to go to church. But I really don't value a Tuesday evening. You know, I, have, I had nothing to do anyway on a Tuesday evening. If you called me to church on a Tuesday evening, I'm there. We're looking at the weight of these things before God's heart. And God is saying, sacrifice. We give from a sacrificial point. Now, this one is a bit tricky. We need to give from a position of joy. From a joyful heart. So Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, he says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. The reason why I say this is a bit tricky because some of us have to pay school fees, right? I'd rather not pay school fees, to be very honest. You know, I'm not talking about that. That we need to pay. I'd rather not pay SARS if I had a choice, right? I'd rather keep all my money. But I'm not talking about our legal obligations. I'm talking about generosity when we give. Paul says, don't give reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a... Now imagine for those of you who are married, those of you who are dating, Ali, can your friends close your ears over there? This is not for you? Close each other's ears? There we go. Imagine on Valentine's Day or your birthday, you buy your spouse or your wife or your husband a gold watch. Okay? A gold watch. Now, Sibu, if I bought you a watch and I came and I said, there you can have it. It costs so much. How does she receive it? But if I came and I said, oh, honey, I've got this amazing gift for you. 
you know, I went to Kanamwok and then I went to the VNA. I couldn't find this particular ring that I saw. Do you know where I got it? I actually got it to Joburg. When I said I was going to see my brother, I was actually flying to go and pick it up. And, you know, and then like, eh, I wish I could do that, actually. <laughs> Maybe God is speaking to me here now. <laughs> right. But, but do you see, when I communicate out of joy and, 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 and showing that I, I enjoyed the experience of, of giving, I've got a joyful heart that just blesses God. When you get into the temple and you're, you're rejoicing, you're like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to pay my tithe. I'm going to press enter. Go! Yes! <laughs> it's gone! God, I've given into your kingdom. You know, let's, if, if you are looking at your budget and you're about to press enter and you're like, oh, man, my wife is going to ask me if I paid the tithe. <sighs> Ah, 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 the pain, the pain, <laughs> the pain. God wants a cheerful giver. When you give to whatever cause, and it's not just church, whether it's your neighbors, whether it's your friends, whether you're hosting them, let there be joy in your heart. Let there be joy in your heart. Let that exuberance of joy. And do you know what? When you are smiling, Guess who else is smiling? God is smiling because he loves a cheerful giver. I want to end with a, with a story. Last time I was here, I spoke for 45 minutes. I didn't know until I watched the video. So this time around, I have a timer and it's on 27. <laughs> so I'm going to stop now. I'm going to read something. Uh, it's one of those stories in the Bible that when you, when you read them, you, you're like, oh my gosh, this is hectic. It's in Acts chapter 5. Now, the background to this is Pentecost has just happened. The church is thriving. People are happy. In 4 verse 24, I think it says, you know, the guys have committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles' doctrine, to sharing bread, to prayer, to, to gathering together. And it says at that time, people started to, to sell their houses and to sell their fields and to give all those proceeds to, to the apostles. And it says at that time, multitudes were being added to them. Hundreds and hundreds of people were coming. And it says amongst them, there was no lack. Because there was so much money in the house of God that everyone's needs were taken care of. And in the middle of this congregation, in the middle of this crowd, there was a couple. Ananias and Sapphira, Sapphira, depends which type of school you went to, right? <laughs> right. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife, sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and kept for yourself some of the money you received from the land. He asks a very interesting question. He says, didn't it belong to you before it was sold? So God had already given you this land. It was actually yours. You were under no compulsion at all to come and lie. You were not being forced. You were not being manipulated. No one was trying to trick you. No one was trying to rob you. God had actually given it to you. 
the job that you have, the house that you have, the car that you have, that bank balance that you have, God has already given it to you. He is not trying to scam you. He's not trying to trick you. He's not trying to manipulate you. He's not trying to rob you. And he says, and after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? Peter says, look, after you sold the field, all that money was actually in your account. It was up to you and your heart to decide whatever you wanted to do with it. You were not under compulsion. No one came and said, hey, you sold it for this much. We're expecting this much at the church. No one is saying, hey, we know how much you earn, Rene. We know how much you earn. We're expecting that amount here. It's yours. It's at your disposal. That money was in your account. Whatever it is that God has given you, it's at your disposal. didn't belong to you before it was sold and after it was sold, it was at your disposal. What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not just lied to human beings but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and he died and great fear seized all those who heard what had happened. Then some young men came in, they wrapped up his body, they carried him out and they buried him. We are not going to die in here. No one is going to fall off and die after I preach. <laughs> but you know, some of us have died in our hearts to the issue of generosity. Some of us have put up walls, we've put up barriers. We felt that when we give, we are, we are being wronged, we are being scammed. We, people are taking what belongs to us. It belongs to you. God has blessed you with it. You are under absolutely no compulsion. We have moved away from rules, regulations, laws, statutes, checking up on people. We have moved towards our relationship with Jesus. We've moved towards listening to the Holy Spirit and saying, God, my family and I, myself, I come with a pure heart. Lord, if there's anything within me that it needs to be worked on, work on it, God, so that whatever I give is acceptable to you. God, if I have any attitude within me where I give out of pride because I want to be seen, because I want to be recognized in the church that I'm the biggest donator, any pride within me, Lord, when I'm giving these things, may you throw and push down that pride. May it die within me. And Father, help me to, be give, to give from a place of sacrifice. May I be willing to give something that costs something to me. May I be willing to, to look at the things that I treasure, the things that I, I hold of high esteem. Father, give me the capacity and the heart to be able to give those things because you gave your best. And finally, Lord, I don't want to lie to you. I don't want to lie to the Holy Spirit. I don't want to lie to the church. I have no need to lie to the church. I have no need to lie to my relatives. I have no need to try and impress anyone because ultimately my generosity and my giving is all about you. My prayer this morning as I end is, like I said at the beginning, we will go home as families. Some of us have people in our own family 
could be a cousin, could be a nephew who is struggling with school fees. We are willing to give to some cause somewhere, but we're not willing to give and help our own family. Some of us might have neighbors, the house after your house, and you know that family is going through a hard time. And you have it within your capacity to be generous. Some of us need to go back home and say, God, I want to go into the Word and just read about tithing. Holy Spirit, I want you to speak to me, speak to my heart, help me understand the principle of tithing. Help me release what you've given to me, back to you, but with a joyous heart. Henry, I'll hand over to you. My alarm is about to go off 30 minutes on the dot. <laughs> Thank you. Matt, thank you. Like, um, I don't think I've ever heard someone speak about money with so much lightness in the room. Don't you agree? We don't, we're not going to walk. We're not going to walk out of here with heavy hearts thinking, oh man, I'm failing. We're going to walk out here with light hearts. So Matt, thank you for being obedient and sharing what God put on your heart. I want to bless us by two scriptures that add to what Matt said, and it's in Hebrews 3 verse 7. It says the following, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. Do not harden your hearts. And then just a little bit further in the same in the same. Uh, Another chapter there, what means Hebrews? It's also in Hebrews 13, verse 15. It says, Through him, then let us continually offer up our sacrifice of praise to God in line with our worship this morning. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. And then the next verse says, Do not neglect to, good, do, to do good. And to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. May we go out with joyous hearts, with lips that acknowledge His name, and may we share the goodness of God, what He's blessed us with, with other people as well. Thank you so much. Have a blessed Sunday. Hopefully next week we see you again. Goodbye.